You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 52. We're still doing it. 52, I'm in again. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening and making this episode today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the podcast and listening, thanks for tuning in and listening. Welcome. It's good to have you. And if it's not your first time, well, welcome on back. They're back. They came back. I love that. You didn't scare them away. I know. Hey, what are you going to do? That's good. You can find us on the Twitter sphere at at Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Big X asking. We're not very creative. Well, I just, I'm I'm an early adopter. What can I say? (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) And on the Facebook at The Longer Hall, all of the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode, you can find on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 052. So they should go check that out. No doubt. So we're back. We have a guest today. An awesome guest. We promised a guest. Like one of my faves. Like, I'm not even kidding. One of my favorite people in this whole world. No doubt about it. That's true. <laughs> Mainly because of the laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Which we we'll said, okay, some... I said, Chris, who do you want for your first guest? And there wasn't even an, a conversation about it. No doubt about it. And so that guy wasn't available. Right. And so... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying like, to wait to the intro. You're trying to wait to the intro? I, I really am. I'm like hey, you guys, here. check it out. <laughs> I've tried hard enough. <laughs> My friend... And Jody's new friend, Mina Mora, is here with us today. No doubt about it. So, Mina, what's going on, man? You good? It's good to be with you guys. This is your first, I'm your first guest. A first official guest. Second episode? Is this correct? So this will be our, actually, our third episode together. Wow. You know, Jody's been doing this for a long time, so he he already had knocked out like 48, 49 episodes. Wow. And so yeah, man, we're we're kicking it together. Congratulations! So, yeah. yeah. So you're the you're the first of the new. Yeah. You know, I feel kind of dumb because you guys, I live like five minutes from here, so I've always seen your name on stuff, and I've always wondered, I wonder where that's done at here in Atlanta, yeah. and it's five minutes from my house, which yeah. is just we're right here the whole time. Super weird. Yeah. Less uh, less impressive. That's what that means. It's rather uh, underwhelming. No, it's yeah. still impressive. You know, it's, just, it's actually more impressive because it's five minutes from my house. Yeah, yeah. close yeah. for you. For sure. Yeah, we cool. actually all got together, and hung out. We're hanging out today in the room together, which is great. Yeah, yeah. and that's no, that's new because that doesn't always happen. Yeah, normally this isn't. And uh, yeah, so the cool thing that no one knows is like we're we're hiding out in the back of like our student center, crammed in the back <laughs> yeah. of a Sunday yeah. school room. Beautiful. And uh, hoping that no one, like a custodian or somebody, doesn't Knocks decide today is the day they're actually going to clean. Oh, the coffee the, the, that the I room. earlier. <laughs> but they, I mean, that that would be a, if, if that somebody. That could never happen in youth ministry, though, could happen. it? Could they it knock on the door and clean? Yeah. Dude, if, if, that's what I told him. Like, it'll blend in with the rest of the stains. And if somebody decides to clean today, it'll be a first. Yeah. If you're listening, I really did spin, spill an entire, I mean, a massive, yeah. like, uh, what are these cups called? These uh, tumbler things. Tumbler, uh, Tervis tumbler. Yeah. Like one of the big ones. It was full of coffee. And I spilt. The entire thing on Jody's carpet and which felt terrible. You can't even tell. <laughs> which you can't even tell. Just blend it right What's in. What's a youth ministry event without? Well, hey, let's drink. talk about Mina. We don't want to waste too much time because hey, we got a special guest and this guy is awesome. So Mina, we want to talk a little bit, give a little bit about where you're from. But I, we invited you today to talk about diversity in youth ministry. AKA, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the title. Like, this is, I've already heard the title. Obviously. Questions but, two but, white guys have always wanted to ask, but are not sure if we can even ask or not. So, uh, but you great. and I are close enough friends that I feel like we can have a good conversation yes, here. Definitely. Let's talk a little bit. Let's tell the listeners though who are you? Kind of give a little bit of history because you're you have youth ministry in your blood. There's no oh, doubt man. about that. You, you, so give a little little background on where you came from and. What you're doing these days? Man, born and raised in the hills of Orlando, Florida. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's kind of where it all started. I love Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Someone loves Orlando more than <laughs> others in this room. I yeah, won't I say who. Um, Chris Tritt. Um, born and raised in Orlando. 
of course, you know, came to know Christ. I hope that that's okay. Talk about that here. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> came to know Christ as a middle schooler. Oh, uh, yes. And it was, you know, the light switch came on. Um, it really did spiritually. And then, man, grew up in Orlando, obviously, went to school at Liberty University. And then went to seminary at New Orleans Theological Seminary. And I've been a youth minister now for 22, 23, 22, 23 years. I think I'm still in youth ministry, so I still do count it still in that yeah, overall deal. Yes, yeah, because sure. I love youth ministry. Yeah. Man, I think it's just, I, I think once it's in your blood, it stays in your blood. No doubt about the it. The whole yeah, time. For sure. I yeah. really do believe that. And of course, I think the title that we're talking about today is, of course, important to youth ministry because this is the most diverse group in the country. And on a regular basis, I get to ask people questions. So it's kind of weird sitting on this side. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's this is the crazy part. So mine, and one of the cool things that mine has been doing in in, in the recent year, I mean, you basically you, you do interviews and you write articles. You've had stuff in Christianity Today, and yeah. and you know you've had some pretty pretty awesome interviews recently, and as and one yeah. of them even involved you going to. The White House, as in the White House that's in Washington D.C. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, no doubt also. I, you know, but it's weird sitting on this side though. It's kind of one of those deals where usually, you know, when you're asking people questions like you guys are, they're on the hot seat. Yeah, Um, but it's kind of bizarre being here. But the tables have turned. I'm gonna get used to it. I think hopefully here in the next few (laughs) minutes because this is kind of weird. Like, okay, (laughs) what are the questions gonna be? This is this should be good. Sure, I'm glad to be with you guys though, um, talking about this topic and once again. I just really believe in this generation as being the most diverse generation in our country. And, of course, I would even say the world to a large extent. It's an important topic to talk about. So thanks for making it one of your first guests to talk yeah, about that. Though. Yeah, So I think, Jody, and, I, and you can jump and help me out, you know, as far as setting this thing up. But it, to me, like when I thought about this topic, the fact that diversity is coming. Yeah. Like, you know, this is one of the most diverse generations, but – you know, me being involved in youth ministry for over 20 years, you know, I, I've seen so much of that change. Not as if 20 years ago there was no diversity at all. I'm not saying that, but um, just continuing to try to learn what that looks like, how to be an advocate for that, how to be a part of that is a real challenge for me, yeah. a white guy growing up in Crestview, Florida, you know, and serving at predominantly white churches, mm. you know, all of this time. So, so I'm just really curious to kind of, you know, and some of the questions that we, we want to talk about here are really just to kind of say, Hey, help all of us that are listening to know what we can do to be an encouragement in that. Cause I think, you know, there's no doubt we believe that and we want to be an encouragement that we want to be an advocate for that. Yeah. Um, but how do we, how do we do a better job? So, yeah, I think too, like, I think it's important, and we were even talking about this before before we started recording, to recognize that, you know, in our particular situations, we are predominantly in a white church, but others may not be, right? Yeah. And so when we talk about race in general, um, I think hopefully there's some principles that we'll flesh out today that kind of apply either way, whether yeah. we're talking majority or minor- minority or um, and and the community that you're in. Um and so what, what I don't want you to hear as a listener is, oh, this is a white and black thing, although it probably will predominantly be that because that's what we are in this room. Um, but, but beyond that, I think you're right, Chris, in the sense that, you know, the, the diversity thing is coming and yeah. it, it's here. Um, our students are dealing with it in most cases much more probably than we are um, even. And we're, we've got to figure out how to, how to not just deal with it or, or manage it, which I feel like is what the church has predominantly done, uh, or at least attempted to do, but how do we embrace that, encourage that in a way that honors the Lord and exalts Christ and, um, and steers people towards the gospel uh, yeah. and, and, and breaks down walls that we put up. Regardless yeah. of what they are, so. and you got to and you got to help us, Mina, because we're we're just going to ask some questions. And honestly, yes. you just got to call me out on these questions if they're even dumb questions. I mean, Once honestly, again, it's just really bizarre sitting on this side. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's what people yeah, think yeah. Of when I'm asking them questions. All right, so let, like, let's start right here, though, because honestly, I, 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 look, <laughs> and, and people listening are probably going to be like, "Who is this guy? What's he asking this question for?" But but what, here, this is just elementary stuff here. But when is it good to say, like, if 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 I'm a youth pastor, and and say I'm a white youth pastor. 
yeah. and I've got kids coming to my group that are not white. When is it good to say black versus African American? Does it matter? That's a good is question. It, um, I mean, you know, it, it, I don't know why, but but honestly, I mean, that's just one of those basic questions. Yeah. I think some white people probably go like, "Wait, can I say black or can I say African American or do I say what's like the politically?" Co- but not even so much that I just want to be politically correct as much as I just want to be affirming. Or should it be anything at all? Yes, it's it's interesting. I think a lot of black people struggle with what to say also at times. So it's not just for you guys. Um, typically, the culture today would say African-American um, when you're speaking in front of groups, obviously. But one-on-one, I think black is okay. I mean, I, I've never heard any of my black friends go, man, I'm just really mad that they just said black or they just yeah. said African-American. I think it's the heart and the tension behind it. I don't think most people care, Sure. to be fair. But, of course, when we're in an audience – um, we tend to, to use that one. Um, but most of my black friends like the word black, though. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those. It all depends on just, just where you're at. Sure. Is it inappropriate sometimes to even acknowledge that? Because I think I catch myself, and this is just being honest. Yeah. I catch myself when I'm trying to maybe identify a kid. If the kid happens to be black, though. Yeah. I say, you know, the black kid. Yeah. I think that's okay. I mean, because we have to describe people, so it's kind of one of those things. Not, I mean, it all depends on how you're doing it, obviously. Sure. But if I'm trying to explain someone to someone, I can't just say, "Man, that man over there," yeah, right. <laughs> because they're right, going to go, right, "That's right. weird." Okay, <laughs> what does he look like? <laughs> um, and so, one of the things I think that we wrestle with in the body of Christ is, and probably in America in general, is saying, "Hey, here's what someone looks like." And it's okay to say, hey, man, that is a Hispanic guy over there or African-American black guy over there. It's okay to point out distinctions. And I, I think God is okay with that. I believe God is okay with that. Um, so we have to be okay with that too. Is that an airplane I hear flying over us? It is amazing. Which is just rare out, man. out here. That's so in our, one of the earlier podcasts when you, Jody and I have just started, it, he stresses out over like, quality of sound so that's freaking him out right now i don't care yeah, it is. like i feel like the listeners will be forgiving but he's freaking out yeah i think they'll be forgiving. Like, wait till the train comes through yeah that's coming next <laughs> now that that is always <laughs> now the train the... that might be a different story <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well i think you know um so i grew up uh in east tennessee and um i mean it's east tennessee yeah you know? so uh I, i'm not gonna throw more stereotypes there than there are because it's a beautiful place with beautiful people, and we do wear shoes. Um, we, uh, so we did have a lot of coon hunters that would go off, but never catch coons. But Jody, had Jody's putting really good in the air. lemonade. Uh, you know, uh, so that 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 was there. They would they were always out hunting raccoons, but never coming back with any. They weren't very good. Um, but um, I just do not don't drink the pink lemonade in the fridge. That was the yeah. rule. Um, but so, but my stepbrother and stepsister are black, and mm. uh, they they weren't with us always. But they would come live with us in the summer. Yeah. Or uh, actually, my uh, my sister moved in with us for a while and lived with us mm. through college. So to a to a degree, and I'm yeah. not going to say completely, but I kind of experienced some pretty racial prejudices on both sides of wow. that. In uh, not not. Not bad. Um, so I don't want to paint this as like some dramatic yeah. thing. But I feel like for me, like, I mean, growing up, honestly, it was just, that was just my brother and sister. Like there mm. was no like a, a thing. And, and I loved going and hanging out with their family, you yeah. know, for how it was crazy different. Right. But I loved that. Or um, the, the few times where we'd go to their family's church, you know, on their, on wow. their sides. Like, um, and so I feel like, um, uh, that certainly has played a part into my personal life. Yeah. How, how I view things, and and maybe I don't often see things that I should see or that others see. Not that I'm blind to everything or colorblind to anything, but um, but I've I'm just not as uncomfortable maybe in some yeah. of those settings and some are. So I don't want to speak as if I'm an expert because I'm not, or that I'm you know anything more than I am here, but, but I do have, I have seen some of that in my life. Mm. So, uh, all that to say, 
I, I'd be curious for you to share for listeners, like, what are some, like, preconceived ideas that yeah. you feel like coming from the other side? Okay, so, like, because I'm, I'm sure we'll get to, you know, white towards whatever. But like, are there do you are there certain preconceived ideas or notions or stereotypes even that maybe are cast towards us being white that would affect how we're seen and how we should interact? Yeah, does that make sense? I, I said a whole lot to probably ask a very little, but I just I want to kind of because I want to make sure you understand where I'm coming from on yeah. that question. It does. I would love to hear your story more, Jody. That had to be interesting, by the way, being a household where both those dynamics are, are going on. Um, I would say I think one of the preconceived notions may be, man, they don't maybe get us, which I would, I would say I, 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 would, I think we're, we're doing better racially than we have in a long time. I know that a lot of things are rising to the top today, obviously, but that's always a good thing, though, because it brings out truth. It brings out conversation brings out great discussion like we're having here today. Ten years ago, and maybe even fewer than that, we probably would not sit around the table talking about this. Um, so I think it's a we're at a great point, especially in youth ministry culture, to be talking about it. I think one of the preconceptions, they don't get us. I think number two may be, man, all white people are rich. Uh, it's one of those yeah. kind of things. I remember being a youth pastor at a predominantly black church, um, and we took them – on a mission trip one time to South Carolina. And so a lot of the kids grew up in a very middle to upper middle class black area of, of town here in Atlanta. And for a lot of them, they had never seen white people who who were who were poor. Yeah. I mean, wow. so it was one of those things for them that they thought, wow, that was a cultural shock. Another shock to, to a lot of them was seeing white people because they didn't see them in their normal everyday setting. And so for their preconceived notion, it was, whoa, okay, white people can be poor. Because um, on TV, the stereotype tends to be affluent, <laughs> rich, um, and all those things. So that's, I think, one one also. And I, I really do think, Jody, if we would sit down and talk to the people who are, who are three feet in front of us, we get a better understanding. Yeah. But far too often, another preconceived notion is, I think people think, man, we just can't talk about it. Right. And so when we do that, the wall goes up. And of course, whenever the wall goes up, stereotypes go up too. And so another preconceived notion is we stereotype. I think on both sides of the field on this one. And one of the best, I think one of the best ways to bring down stereotypes that we're doing today, having a conversation. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If I'm in a youth group, you know, that's predominantly white, say. Yeah. Uh, and it, if I have a, you know, a black teenager that visits my youth group, is is there something that I should be doing Yeah. extra to make that teenager feel welcome? Or is even that, and even thinking that I need to do something extra there, uh, what would you if if you have listeners you know we have I'm sure we have listeners that are predominantly white you yeah. know no doubt about it uh, and then you know maybe they they get a guest like that what are anything we should be mindful of that you would recommend there yes great question I, I think we have to be mindful in any culture in any setting whether it's an all black youth group and a white teenager walks in or the other way around we have to say man being the minority can be tough I mean it can be tiring. Um, you have to work at being the minority in some in some circles, just because anytime anything different is introduced to us, or we are the difference in the room, I mean it's one of those. It's tough. I mean you have to walk through that and have to understand. Okay, what is the majority thinking, or are they not thinking? I would say when a student walks into a predominantly white youth group, I think they do. I think the leader has to understand that they may be bringing some. You know, racial baggage, I hate to use the word baggage behind that, but they may be bringing some racial baggage, stereotypes, maybe all kind of things that, that come with that. Their parents is, I think, is the greater issue in the sense of the parent tends to come from maybe a certain area of town or a certain part of the country where this may be new to them all together. 
But I really do go back to the heart, the heart, the heart. I think people can walk through and deal with intention, even if it comes across, <laughs> you know, weird. Yeah. Um, because people understand sure. that in this area and dealing with, with, with race and our culture right now, they do understand that people, everyone's walking through landmines all together trying to avoid stepping on the wrong one. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's tough. I mean, we are in that setting. It's a great season, though, I, I, I do think, talk about th- this issue more than any other season, just because we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So so if that, it, it, is there a chance that I could overdo it? Yes. Now, I've seen people overdo it before on both sides, and it's just awkward and weird. I mean, honestly, I'll get in the car with my wife, and we'll start laughing about it yeah. <laughs> when yeah. someone does it. Now, they're, good at, they're great friends of mine. Like, I've never seen you do it, Trent, obviously, yeah. but I will go. Dude, you're really overdoing it, man. Yeah. Um, you don't you don't have to overdo it all that much. Yeah. I think one of the things that we tend to, and I'm thankful we don't say this uh, uh, like we used to say, you know, I don't see color. And that's just, <laughs> honestly, that's not true. Um, we do see color. And, and it's okay to see color. I mean, Jesus talks about we do see culture in, in Scripture. It's okay to talk about that. But we say we don't see color. What we're really saying is, man, we don't see that person. Sure. Um, and they do come, everyone comes with a skin tone. So it's okay to see color. What's not okay is to see discrimination or, or racism or have tendencies toward one or the other. That's what's not okay. But seeing color, that's part of who we are, though. Yeah, and that seems to, I mean, like you're, you're, as you're saying that, I'm thinking immediately like of James, right? And James instructing not to show privilege or, or presence. And that, yeah. that goes beyond color, race. I, mean, <laughs> I literally was sitting there thinking, wait, who? Oh, you yeah. mean James in the Bible? My bad. I got you now. I'm with you. See, Sorry, Jody. I'm, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. Gosh, maybe this whole up. thing was like you not mean in the Bible. Idea. Okay, yeah. I got you. Now. That, that James. Uh, you know, yeah. Okay. The gotcha. next guest. Let's do theology. Yeah, we should, we should work on that. <laughs> Middle school pastor, right there. Um, but I think you know when James instructs like not to show privilege or precedent yeah. or uh, to, I think sometimes we think about that in terms of of playing favorites yeah. in youth ministry, right? Because that's where you're, oh, you're, you're playing favorites. How many times do you hear playing favorites, playing favorites? Oh, you're, they're, just, they're your favorite. Or, um, but I think the larger application for that, particularly in our culture today, would extend to race. Yeah. Um, and I think, but, but too often maybe we, and I'll say this, like I think for me and I think for a lot of folks who would be white, there is such a fear of offending, yeah, or being misunderstood, or being taken or uh, or seen as a racist, like yeah. that's a word that it's thrown around a lot today. Sometimes deserved and sometimes yeah. not. But uh, I mean, man, if you want to really offend me or hurt me, that's a real quick way to do it, yeah, right? Because. I can, and we do this with everything, right? We're talking about race today, but we do it with everything. I mean, I can disagree with right. you and not be doing so because of, you know, I'm a racist or because I'm whatever political thing or because I'm a Christian or because I'm, a, you know, whatever. Um, but so we're so quick in our culture to label. We are. And I think a lot of that is social media brings on a lot of this. And so it's one of those kind of things where, you know, if we see it on Facebook or Twitter, then it's got to be true. Right. And the problem with, with that is, man, there have been times that's not been the case. Um, I remember recently, I was at, at your church, in fact. Um, I keep wanting to call you Trent, and it's right, real, that's how we talk, you know, yeah, outside right. of this. Uh, I keep, yeah, <laughs> so that works. Sorry, that Chris, for yeah. <laughs> our time. And, you know, it was, I, I stereotyped because it was a, it was a class on, on unity and race. Sure, sure. So I automatically thought, man, this is coming from, man, you know, East Cobb here in Atlanta. Do they really understand race was going through my mind? And I got in the class. And it was one of the best Bible study classes I've ever gone to. And so I put it on Facebook, and immediately someone messaged me and said, 
So the other Bible studies you've gone to have not been good. And I'm thinking, <laughs> wait a minute. No, it's not what I'm saying here. Um, but I think we oftentimes stereotype, Jody. And we have to say to ourselves, before we read anything or say anything, or before somebody says, hey, this person's a racist or whatever, man, do some, do some homework. Do a little bit of homework. I don't mean, you know, you go home and do an hour's worth, but five minutes worth can pretty much tell you whether this is true or or it's not true. And I don't think we have a concrete definition in our country and our culture on what racism is and what it's not. So oftentimes we're saying racist, and we probably mean something else like prejudice or stereotyping. Um, And those words are different from racist. Sure. very, well, very different. That was going to be my next question is how, how would you define that? Yeah. Right. I mean, I know it's, it's, if it was easy, we would, we would have yeah. defined it. Right. But like, what would you say? Where's that line? Yeah. I think, I think the line comes down to intentions once again. So, so there's intentional racism. I think we all have seen that. We know that that's very easy to spot. Um, and then there's unintentional I mean, I think we all bring in bias to certain areas, certain groups, you know, certain stores, maybe, that we don't even know are just kind of rising to the top. Um, I'll never forget, once again, going back to your church, Chris, I was in a class, in, in your Bible study class, um, and one of the ladies I was sitting next to, we, we played a game about white privilege, you know, and, and literally she said, I never knew I brought that baggage with me when it, when it came to describing black people. Mm. And for her, it was a wake up call of, whoa, I didn't, I didn't even realize that or, or know that basically. So with racism, we have to go intentional. It's easy to point that one out. Unintentional, that goes to the heart. So I think we all have to do a gut check to go, man, where, where am I with, with that? You know, do I have friends who are like the people I am stereotyping. Um, and when we do that, I think we have a clear understanding on this is what is racism and this is what is not ra- racism. Some of it, once again, is stereotyping. It is prejudices. But it doesn't mean it's racism, though. Um, and I think, and I'm, I'm glad that we're having this discussion, not just here, but overall, and even d- discussing, man, what is privilege and what is not privilege. Well, talk, so, so let's dive deep there for just a second, because y- you, white privilege is really a thing. Yeah, it is. Right? It is. Um, and, and it's... But, that, that, but help me to understand it right. as a thing. Because I don't think we or me, or, you yeah. know, I don't think, and I think people like me sometimes, you know, necessarily always appreciate or understand that that is real. And if we do have white privilege, what we should even do, how we should deal with that, what we should do with that. Yeah. Um, and that, that just even how we, you know, relate to that deals impacts the way we do youth ministry, of course. So define, define white privilege, you know, like yeah. what is that? Well, I think anytime we have a privilege, it has to be given away, which is a little, this is different for the American mindset because we tend to think, man, this is ours. So, you know, I got my house, my stuff. And so honestly, you know, we're, we're giving culture, but at the same time, we really struggle with overall in this country, man, this is mine. Yes. Issue. And so when you talk about privilege, we automatically think, Man, no, I'm not. And we automatically go to another box called shame with that. And so anytime shame is a part of anything, people want to go hide, which honestly, I think one of the things that we've got to get over in this country is we do have a history of racism in, in America. Far too often, we try to hide that to a certain degree instead of saying, man, this is what it is. And with any history comes the good and the bad. Unfortunately, part of our bad is racism. But at the same time, there's no other country. You can go, you know, go and search on this one, Google it. In fact, there's no other country that has taken a turn, though, like America has when it comes to race and culture. Are we still far behind? Definitely. But at the same time, you look at all across the world, man, America does better than, than most countries, though, when it comes to this one. But to answer your question, though, I think we have to look at privilege and go, man, have I been given certain things far above other people? 
The answer is yes. And so, for example, um, I have cousins who, who live in Kenya, literally, in fact. And so I look at, you know, me here in America and we're there in Kenya. It's a great country, obviously. There are just certain privileges that I have that they don't have. And so even though we're the same skin tone, um, we come from the same family line, but there are just some privileges I just have that, that they don't have. And I think that's where we have to go Bible on this one and go, and God has called us to give away some of those privileges. And so here, here in America, you look at how far we've come. Really, we just started integrating schools really in the 70s when you look at when it was totally done. Um, and that's only been 40-some years. Yeah. That's, that's, that's about it. And so you look at just the history when it comes to years. It's just been about 40 to 45 years. And look at how, how long we were not doing that, 100-plus years. Man, that could be a privilege to a certain degree just on education alone. So we have to look at privilege also, and I think this is tough for a lot of us to do this because we love to compare. We love to go, well, if I did it, then they should be doing it too. Not necessarily fair on on that one because if someone had 160 years of education freedom to a certain degree and another group only had 40-some years to it, there's going to be some lagging not with that person but with their background, though, with their ancestors. Um, it doesn't mean that we get to use that as a crutch, but it does mean it's a reality, though. And we have to look at it and talk about it and go, okay, man, because some people come from certain areas, they're going to bring some of that with them. One of the things I've learned being your friend, mine, and we had an opportunity to sit down um, you know, at, at my church yeah. with some other black pastors. Yeah. Uh, and I got invited to that meeting accidentally, I think. It was uh, fun, but, was... <laughs> but it was a great. But one of, one of the things, though, in that that I learned it learned, um, and, and I want to ask you this question so that our listeners can hear this as well. But would you say that it's true? And I think I, obviously I know the answer asking it. But would you say it's true that a high percentage of Black people experience some type of prejudice or racism? On a semi-regular basis or a regular basis or whatever. I mean, that, yeah. and, and even when I think about teenagers in my group, that most likely, like when I think about white kids, I don't think of any of them experiencing any type of necessarily prejudice yeah. or racism. But is it fair to say that probably, though, if I have a black kid, that that kid has experienced some type of, whether it be subtle or whether it be heavy, some type of yeah. racism is that is that fair? I would say I'd say a hundred percent. I I don't know of any one of my friends who've not experienced have not experienced it. it. Um, so I'm not saying I don't want to say all. That's kind and of Jody. I just think that there are a lot of. I mean, I just think that some white people don't get that. Do you? I mean, not. I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying oh, you're terrible for not getting that. But I just think that that for me in that room that day, and we talked specifically that day. Yeah. The example was the getting pulled over. Um, about police officers. About yeah. police officers. And then there was a question even asked about, is there anybody in the room that's not been pulled over and put through? And none of the white pastors in the room had experienced what we talked about. All of the black people in the room yeah, had experienced that. Yeah, and I think uh, a buddy of mine told me recently, he goes, you know, I just expect it. And so it's one of those things where I thought that's interesting. Um, but it's yes, it, it is there. Um, it is very, very much evident. I remember being on a staff at a certain church, and the guy was a good was a good guy to a certain degree. But he'd always he'd call me in. He'd always go, and I was I was the only African American on their staff of sixty something. And he'd always go, now you know I'm not on. A witch hunt and automatically you thought this is kind of funny <laughs> because part of you is going who is getting hunted here yeah. <laughs> and you're the only one in the office <laughs> so you're like and he mentioned i think in a good way i don't know it's hard turned but, me into a newt <laughs> right yeah, it's kind of like this it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah this is kind of weird like i leave the room <laughs> or the very terminology that, that, that you could use um and he meant it i guess well I, I don't know how he meant it but it was one of those things where you know, after a while, I remember talking to another staff member, and they said, man, that's kind of offensive. I just expected it. So it wasn't a, 
I, you know, I looked at the guy's heart, first of all, and I know that he's a, you know, loving Christ follower. So I don't believe in any way that it was intentional. But it was one of those things where we have to look at stuff and go, man, we all bring cultural baggage with us. Um, you mentioned East, East Tennessee. Um, I'm always joking with my wife who went to school in East Tennessee. You know, man, those East Tennessee people. So we're yeah. always like laughing about it. But it's just known for, yeah. for certain things. Now, what would be wrong about that is if I were to go, man, I'm not going to talk to any East Tennessee people or I'm not going to you know, hang around East Tennessee people. That's where it goes to the, to the next level. Are some of those stereotypes about East Tennessee true? You know, sure. probably, I guess. But it's one of those things we have to look at race, and we have to always go back to the intention and the heart. But I think it's fair, though, to say here what I'm, that with the teenagers that we're working with in our yeah. youth group, though, that it, it's fair to try to keep in mind that, that some of those kids, those African-American kids, and maybe even other races like we talked about you know, earlier, that they're maybe dealing with some stuff at times that the average kid's not dealing with. Well, well let me say yeah. this, because I, well, let me let – because me, as, as I'm listening, I'm just trying to listen and process, but I, let me say this to, to the listener, okay? So if you're listening and there is a part of you when we start saying – white privilege when we start talking that kind of you feel within you kind of welling up almost like to get defensive or uh feeling offended let me just caution you to 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 take a breath to to kind of slow roll that a little and 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 listen with a learning heart okay because i i think sometimes yeah when when we were talking about the importance of conversation, what happens so often is, and this is obviously the conversation in this moment, we start hearing things like that and we start feeling like it's, it, whether it's intended or not, kind of accusatory or like, oh man, you know, I don't know, but this isn't. And, and we just kind of wall off or we stop listening or the conversation ends. And I just feel like somewhere somebody's listening who is not in a context where they're having to deal maybe even with a lot of racial issues yeah. and they start hearing that conversation and maybe something within them just starts to kind of feel a little defensive. Yeah. I think it's, I think anytime you bring the word race up automatically <laughs> certain things go, go up just because in our culture right now, you know, you bring up that word and people all of a sudden the wall just automatically just goes, goes up. What we have to do is, like you just said, Joey, is step back. And I'm just, I'm, I'm asking everyone, man, in your, you know, influence, people who you know, and have that conversation. And I think once you have the conversation with someone who's different from from you, the wall goes down. I think you learn a lot, a lot more. I think you understand someone's heart, especially if they're if they're a believer. We should automatically, automatically go, man. The God that is within me is the same God mm. that's within them, and so just as He convicts me, He may be convicting them. So how can I help my brother and sister in Christ come along on this one? And so we have to, I think, have a posture of, man. We want to learn. We want to have a conversation and talk about it. And not a posture of, man, the wall just goes up. And I think what we all tend to do is we look at social media to a large degree. And that's where we cannot derive our, our information from. Yeah, you never sure. win a war about anything on social media in 60 words or less anyway. Um, yeah, I was in a, uh, a breakout last month um, at Southeastern Seminary, they did a GO conference for college yeah. and high school. We took a group of our college students up, and um, I was in a breakout with uh, Walter Strickland there, who Great uh, guy. is amazing, yeah. right? Does their Kingdom uh, Diversity Initiative stuff, and it was on racial reconciliation. Yeah. And you know, he made he made a couple of points that were I thought so good. One was just the fact that hey, look, deeply seated bias takes a long time to become yes. deeply seated. Yeah. And to think that it's going to suddenly go away yeah. quickly is is naive, right? Very much so. And often we all live, regardless of 
our background, culture, relationship. We, we are all living with some sense of bias that has been deeply yeah. embedded within us, and we may not even recognize that. Yeah. So, so the importance of learning, listening, patience with others maybe who, um, who aren't quite yet where we would want them to be uh, is really important. And the other thing he, he made reference to uh, was in Revelation. Chris, that's in the Bible. That's, that's really um, funny, dude. <laughs> uh, John, he wrote Revelation. Yeah, okay. Uh, did he? Yeah, did I, he? That's what they I'm, say. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm just I, don't, I didn't know him. Uh, but, you know, he, when, 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 when Revelation portrays this picture of hmm. us worshiping before the Lord there, we're all, because th- sometimes I think maybe we have this naive assumption that we're all going to be the same in heaven. Yeah. But this is in heaven, yeah. and that is where we see all tribes, tongues, and nations present, right? Yeah. It's not like we get to heaven and we're all white, or we're all black, or we're all Hispanic, or we're all suddenly Hebrew. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> I, I, it, it, the diversity exists beyond... And the diversity that we experience, this isn't caused or brought about by sin. This is the beauty of what God has created. Very much so. And it, to me, just drives home even more the importance of the local church. Yeah. And how many Christians do we know and see and talk to? Man, college students who, they just don't value the local church. Hmm. And people, they will be a part of a local church, and as soon as something comes up that they don't like or they disagree. They like, run. They run. Yeah. They run to other people like them. Yeah. But we always run to people that are like us. And yet, when you look at the overarching theme and story and thread of redemption in Scripture, the very thing that, that Jesus did mm. was the op- He didn't run away. He ran right? to it. He ran to it. And so this idea, like I'm just fascinated even by just reading this week, you know, in the Old Testament... You, you couldn't approach the Lord because of His holiness, right? Yeah. And the, you, you, there had to be this this purity, a ritual that had to take place so that you could come. But we get to the New Testament, Jesus brings that holiness, and He mm. pursues the unclean, and He takes those things that are unclean, and rather, like, rather than being killed when you touch it, as the priest would have been before going through that purification, yeah. when the holiness of Jesus touches that which is unpure, it's made holy, right? And so Mm. the example then that God lays for us in pursuing those who are hurting or pursuing those who are maybe less than us or who are pursuing those who are different than us to to replicate that for us, man, that goes beyond race, that goes beyond all conversation, but certainly it should start with race like in my opinion yeah. it's it's the most distinguishable like you you can't change that that's who you are yeah very much so you know and and it wasn't a mistake and it wasn't brought about because of some some sin like this is this is who we are and so i think we have to be mindful to pursue relationships with people who aren't like us not for the sake of just saying, I have a black friend, yeah. or I have a white friend, or I have a Hispanic friend, but for the sake of, like, I'm a better person when I'm around people who aren't like me, yeah. and I learn what life is like for them. I think we are, and I think one of the ways we break that down is through mission trips. I just wanted to just really emphasize that, that when, when students are on a mission trip, and there's one thing when students are giving to people, we definitely want to do that when students are because that kind of breaks out their selfishness to a large degree. But when they're on the same playing field with groups that are just like them and they're both going into a place where they're giving back to, together, man, something just takes place. I was talking to a guy the other day here, Chris, and um, he is, his church is in Miami, middle to middle top middle class um, Haitian church. And he goes along with one of your groups, to Haiti. Mm. They've done it now for the last like eight years. And one of the things that Kenny said to me, he goes, man, both groups come from middle to upper middle class. They both go on the same trip t- together and they both learn from each other in doing that. And I thought, 
I didn't know they did this together, first of all. I've been yeah. Kenny's friend for almost 20 years. And I said, how long have you guys been doing it for the last eight years? And I thought, that is, I think, how the body of Christ should work and, and look together. And that they're both going at the same time to the same place. And, man, some, something's going on there. They've done it now for eight years. Something has to be going on in all of this. But at the same time, they're both giving back to a group. And that does represent heaven. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, it, it really does. And so I think we should constantly, as youth pastors, be saying to ourselves, okay, are we putting our kids around people who are not like them racially? Are we inviting guests in, even to speak to our students who are not like like them? Um, are we, man, going to places together with the church that's down the street that may be like our church is um, when it comes to, to, to economics? Are we doing stuff together? Um, when we start doing that, I mean, I think walls come down, stereotypes come down, and man, we just all tend to work better together anyway. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Can we change the page a little bit? Yeah, I got turn the page. Well, yeah. Well, I go guess. ahead. What do you got? No, I can ask him later. I, I just have two questions I want to make sure we get to before we finish. But we well, this, this is just this is somewhat trivial. Yeah. A trivial in the sense that it's a movie. Help me unpack a little bit this Black Panther movie phenomenon and how that's impacting yeah. our culture. Because I mean, there seems to be something to that. And I'm going to tell you, even my kids, here I live in, <laughs> I live in North Georgia, you know, North Atlanta. We went to a movie. We live in a, you know, fairly white area, you know, and you, you know this, yeah. right? Um, we went to the movie, and it was noticeable how many African Americans were in the audience with us watching. Uh, yeah, I can't remember if it was the second or third time we saw it. We've seen it so many times. I love the movie. <laughs> it's a great movie, though. Yeah, um, but there seemed to be something different about it. And yeah. am I reading too much into that, or is there? There seems to be something that's impacting the culture a little bit there, as far as the, I do. that. There's a there. There seems to be a a positive, a good pride or, or that comes as a result yeah. for, for some of the African-American community. Is that true? It is. I mean, I, I think it's, it's it's a good movie quality-wise, obviously. But I would also say... Dude, that fight scene. Yeah. Those I fight mean, scenes are... Re- it's like... Have you they, seen it? No. Jody, man, I, got, I don't even know why I'm hanging out with you, man. If How have you not cartoon, seen Black Panther? See it. It is it's so It's not good. a cartoon, man. That's Cali. And I have the, girls. Yes. And they don't care about that. And any fighting movie that's not going to happen that's and then so my, my son is like nine like he's i would say don't take young kids to go see he ain't yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the side on her yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. you know but anyway okay joe um, you just sit back for a second we're gonna talk about manly movies like black panther for <laughs> you know, I, I think because it is different and it is a quality movie and it is part of a great collection series obviously um it's it, i think it's why it's kind of one of those things that's rising to the to the top and some that people, you know, especially black people, can be proud of because it is, awesome. you know, there's some great actors in there, I think, who represent well. Um, but I also think we are just in a different era today. I mean, something has changed, I would say, in the last year, 18 months, that is, I think, driving all of us to talk about topics we wouldn't normally talk about. Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, and I think it's a good thing. I, I yeah. really do. I mean, some of the conversations, that some of the hardest conversations are ones where, man, these things are starting to rise to the top. I think one of the worst things we can do as a youth ministry, though, is go back and hide from it and yeah. act like the world is not moving all around us. Because I think students, I think a lot of our students go, okay, if we're not talking about the things that are rising all around us, then this may not be real either. Um, and I think in students' minds, they automatically go, Real world, and if we're still doing, you know, the same old, same old, I think students get confused and going, okay, we can talk about real stuff in the real world, but we can't talk about it here in the body of Christ. So would it be a terrible idea as a youth pastor, as a white youth pastor, if I had a kid in my group that's African-American, would would me broaching the subject of, hey, man, I noticed how Black Panther is really impacting the African-American community in a positive way. Would that be weird to have that conversation or awkward, you think, it to have a conversation be. with a black teenager in my group? Or for would that be kids, maybe a positive thing? For most kids, they would probably look at us as weird to a certain degree. Well, they're going to look because part of it, we're weird we're if we ask anyway. anything whatsoever. Yeah. Um, because but, they're in the world. And no so doubt. they're no going, okay, this is not as a big of a deal as it is for us. Okay. I mean, yeah. just to be frank with you, it's because we're the culture that, that we come from. But 
I think I think that's I think that's okay. I, I, I think now is a great time, even for youth groups to in, if they can't bring in somebody, then to get away as a as a group as adult leaders to go, hey, let's discuss race, let's discuss even sexual harassment stuff stuff too that's coming up now. Let's discuss some of that because our kids are going to bring that in the room with them. Sure. Um, and so if we don't know how to handle it, discuss it as a, as leaders, man, we want to make sure we're on, we are on the same page. Yeah. Um, and we, and youth ministry, we're always on the forefront anyway. I, I would say that when it comes to cultures because of the people, the people that we deal with. But what we tend to do is we tend to not do that with our leaders. So yeah. to go, Hey, let's have that hard conversation because kids are going to bring that in the room with them. So, okay, let's say you, uh, somebody listening, let's say there's a listener who is at a smaller church yeah, in a, maybe a rural area that is predominantly white with a church that has no desire to pursue diversity. Yeah, man. Right? I mean, because what I'm afraid of is that somebody listening is going, yes, 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 I'm going to do this. Yeah. And they're going to get fired. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to do a whole lot of damage. Yeah. And, and, and so how does that process – and I know we're asking, like, I mean, no, there is a, no easy cookie-cutter answer though. here. It's a very good question. But I'm always afraid of this when we talk about certain topics. Yeah. Uh, and we even talked about this with the middle school stuff in the last episode where – Okay, we talked about when to splitting those guys, and, and there's a need when to, to do split that. Middle school, Man, high if school. you go and just do that, you, you've got to. Yeah. This has to be a longer. You don't need to get yourself fired over it. It might be something that you believe and that that's worth doing, yeah. but you've got to also be careful and not you gotta do. You got to be wise. You got to be. There's got to be some wisdom there. So, so I hear you saying, Joe, like, man, if I'm in a, an all white church and all of a sudden I want to become diverse. Do I immediately just go get a van full of you know African Americans, yeah. bring them into my group, and and get myself in trouble, or do I move a little slow? And yeah. and at what point are we pursuing diversity just for the sake of being diverse? Yeah, and I, you know, I think you have to know your culture and know your church. Well, I better I want to phrase it. You have to know your church. <laughs> right. Um, and I, some of the dumbest mistakes I've made is not knowing my church. Yes, I was there on staff and. I was part of what was going on, but man, I look at the mistakes in my life, and I'm about you guys, and I go, some of the dumbest ones have been, but I did not look at the lay of the land clear enough. Um, and so I would say, know your church. Um, you know, I grew up in a great church in Orlando. Jim Henry was, was my childhood pastor, and and I believe, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. You know, he did get fired from a church one time. Because because of race, uh, David Youth, who's now there now, um, I interviewed him recently here, and yeah, let's. Uh, that's a that's an amazing, amazing interview. Yeah, we, can we, let's 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 we'll put, put that, that one in the show, show notes. notes. It's it's off the chain, good man. It's, it's so good. It's it's one of those. You know, David's dad did get fired. Yeah, um, he talks about that yeah, in the interview a little bit. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's one of those things that just you know ingrained in his mind about you know about what took place in his life. And his dad thought for many years that, man, I really let my family down by, by that. And David, you know, you know, has said publicly, no, and that's when I saw you in the best light hmm. um, in, in so many words. And I think that's why he's leading a very diverse church now down there in Orlando. But I think you have to know your church, and I do think you're going to have this discussion. Some places are more so readily than others. And you have to know as a leader, I hope, and I know that our leaders are, that you're talking to God and going, okay, God, where do you want me to bring this up in and how should I approach it? And I think God will give you an opening to actually do it. But far too often, it's my own personal life, I've jumped way ahead of God. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to go back and pull people in if, you, if they'll give you the grace to, to do that. And so know your church. I cannot say it enough. Just know your church and pray for and ask God to give you that opening. Yeah. So if if, you, if you're in a rural area, or if if you're here in Atlanta metro, yeah, area, um, you know you have to you know, once again know it and know how to how to actually uh, approach it. But I'd say even you know 
right next to, to prayer, ask God to give you someone who is different to help you walk through it also. Mm. And I think once you Good. do that, you'll be able to, once you know your church, you'll be able to have that discussion. You'll be able to go back to your friend who whose God has allowed you to be that, you know, I think Matthew calls it that person of peace. Yeah. To go, man, how should I talk about this? What should I say? What should I not say? And I think I think the Holy Spirit will give you the opening and the words to say. I think it's a I think it's a process. It is. Like yeah. you can choose that as your hill to die on, but yeah. you don't have to die on it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like we say this is I'm gonna, you know, this is it and put because my stake in. But God may be using you to right. be the opening. For, and you can do a lot of place. damage if you rush yes, ahead. Yes. And, and so this may take four, five, six, eight years. I mean, because again, if we're dealing with a situation where there's some deep bias there, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I know. Like, I'll tell you one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life was uh, my grand. So I I live with my grandparents for yeah. a good bit as well, and my grandparents would not say that they were racist. Hmm. I don't think they viewed themselves yeah. as racist. But they had some racist views, okay? And I, I don't even think they recognized them until all of a sudden I had a stepbrother and stepsister who were black. Yeah, wow. And I remember my grandfather saying once, because it was all grandsons, okay? We'd all, it's all been grandsons. And I remember him saying to my sister once that she's the granddaughter he never knew he needed. Wow. Mm. And that's like This Is Us stuff right and there, man. Like, that's like right, right off TV. That's I good. watched. Yeah. Do you watch This Is Us? I do watch it. So, yeah, that's good. Why? It's so sad. It is kind of sad, but I do watch the show, though. So, <laughs> it keeps, look, my, you're, you're keeps, complicated keeps, man, keeps my tear ducts working. Black, you got to balance out the Black the, Panther, the This Is Us. It's a great show, though. But, like, and then what I watched take place wasn't a moment, mm. right? But I watched the, the, demeanor and the character of a very strong man who loved the Lord, who worked hard his yeah. whole life on a cattle farm, you know, who like would sit on the front porch, man, and pray for hours and just read and read. Yeah. But I watched God use that in his life to press in on areas that he had never even recognized or known yeah. to be. Uh, a bias or a prejudice in his life. Wow. And But it took a long time, right? I mean, it, it didn't happen overnight. And that, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, even in the church context, it th- these types of things can take a really long time. And so we, can. we talk a lot about build a culture, not a ministry. Yeah. Don't build a diverse ministry. Build a diverse culture because the culture will outlast the ministry. It will. And I think we have to even look at in our own personal lives. I mean, there's some things that God is... And automatically, like, hey, we need to change, change this, and it's sure. been you know, sure. changed. Then there have been some things that I wasn't even aware of until you know, 30, 40 years down the road, and I'm thankful for God's grace, and he walked me through it when I wasn't aware of it. But I would also say, though, with the culture that we're in to today, what dri- what's driving a lot of this, Jody, is you know, social media, um, social media, social media. And so we have to look at the events that are happening all around us. I think God's allowing some of those events to happen. I think it's not all of them to happen, obviously, to help us, man, get us to a point in our in our church culture to go, man, this is a church that God's called called for us us to be. I, you know, I got to tell you, once again, um, sitting in that Wednesday night Bible study class, which I've missed, unfortunately, two times in a row now because of ministry stuff. Man, if you would have told me a year ago, that, man, at Johnson's Ferry, that we would be in a class, I'd be in a class discussing race, I would have told you, I don't I, I don't see that one, God. Yeah. But, man, that class, I look at the people who are in that class, and they have, show, they, have, they have shaped me and how I view race a lot. And so God is transforming me still, and I'm glad that he still is, through those people. Um, and so I do think it is, once again, knowing your church but also knowing the culture around us, it is turning. Here in Atlanta, for example, by 2020, which is just you know, two years from now, we become a minority, majority, no culture. I mean, when it comes to race at all, yeah. it is just one of those. All, and all around Atlanta, you can see it happening. 
Um, in rural areas, I think it will still be a little longer to actually get there. But diversity is coming in, in rural areas. I'd say in large cities, the top 50 metropolitan urban cities, man, it is coming within the next two to five years in most places. Yeah, totally. If it's not already there. Really, so uh, before we finish, yeah, are there resources that you would throw out to folks listening? Man, there, there is, and there, there's becoming more of them. Um, and some of them, I would say, know your church. I want to just keep saying it over and over again, so we're not getting phone calls. You right, keep getting right. phone calls going. Thanks a lot, guys. I got yeah, fired. Yeah, thanks yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. you guys, you know. And it's usually not yeah, thanks to us, by the way. <laughs> it's usually yeah. other stuff that led to that. <laughs> it's a whole nother show, obviously. Um, but I would say the Urban 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 Youth Workers Institute is one. I would definitely check out. Lifeway does partner with them from time to time. Um, Mosaic Network is another one. Uh, a guy named uh, Mark Demaz. I always get his name wrong. D-E-M-A-Y-A-Z um, is his last name. And they are on the forefront of this big time, in fact. Um, those are the two, especially Mark's group, his network. It's just phenomenal what they're just doing. Another guy who's right here in Atlanta, Duluth, in fact, Mark Hearns, his name's a pastor. Mark has done, in my opinion, one of the the best jobs in taking a church that was 100% white in an area that was turning all up around him racially. And he's written a brand new book out now called Technicolor, which is just yeah. a phenomenal book. Um, Lifeway has, has put it out there, Robin Holman anyway. And I would recommend that book like today. Um, but Mark took a church and just said, I have, to, I have to know my church. So in knowing my church, man, how do I take the turn and that, that, that where we look like the culture around us? Did you do an interview with him? I did recently. We'll get a that link. was We'll get a link to that one as well. That one too. And yeah. that was a great great one Good. also. Just really enjoyed being with Mark on is that. Is there one. is there is there a a if I wanted to do a deep dive into understanding black culture, African American culture? Yeah. Is there a book that is a white guy I probably just don't know about that I probably ought to read? There is one. Maybe it's um, a classic. Maybe it's one that I just, you know, I just would never pick up. Man, I think one of the best ones is The New Jim Crow. Um, I may be pronouncing the title there wrong, but that is one that I would pick up like tomorrow just because it does give you a sense of, man, okay, here's where culture has come from and here's where here's where it is now. Um, the author, I don't believe, is, is a believer, um, but it gives you a, just a good sense of research gotcha. to go, okay, here's how you kind of view this. It's one of the best books research-wise that's just out there. Great. We'll put links to all those in the show notes. I'm also going to link to the Kingdom Diversity Initiative stuff at Southeastern. Yes, that's another great one too. Um, and the video that we, you and I talked about, Chris. Um, Acts 29 did a video on racial reconciliation 2016-ish. So it's about an hour long. It's a panel kind of discussion there. It's phenomenal. Uh, wow. It was extremely helpful. It's worth it uh, to watch the full hour. They have it kind of broken up into smaller segments if you'd like, but in my opinion, uh, it's better just to watch the full hour. Um, so I'll link to that as well. And Walter Strickland has a new book out, too. Um, he and somebody else wrote, I believe it was Walter, uh, about race. And if you're Southern Baptist, it's a great book to read. It's a white guy and a black guy. And they're talking about racial issues also. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah, man. good ones, too, as well. Good stuff. Mine, if, dude. Oh, you got more? Yeah, if well, folks want to catch up with you. Oh, yeah. Where's uh, the easiest place yeah, to do Yeah, the easiest place is minuspeaks.com. Minuspeaks. Yes. There's actual website out there. Which you can't. He came and spoke on a Sunday morning for me and just killed it. My middle school kids still talk about how much better he was than I am. No, not much better. But yeah. <laughs> first of all, not much better at all. But at all, at all. Did you teach from James? I, I That's did real not. Funny. That's probably where That's I should funny. have. Real funny. Um, it all comes back. It was a great experience. So I'm glad to be here with you guys, though. I mean, I got to tell you, it was fun. Yeah, man. This, this is good stuff. This morning. Good Thank stuff. you guys. Appreciate for, you a lot, man. For doing this, man. I'm looking forward to many more of these, not being here, but hearing many more yeah, from yeah. you guys. I think of a better group. And what? I'd like to just go, like, make this official that you and I invite Jody to go see Black Panther with us. That's some, can we do this? Jody, like, we'll go see. I mean, you just did. I got. I, I have movie. Pa- I have movie pass, man. Like, let's not win. Yeah, Dang. Black Panther. 
You know, Friday. To the wing. That's a Marvel movie. There are superheroes in it. No way. And, and but Jody, they I, will have say, I do get where you're coming from on that, man. Yeah. Yeah, by, yeah, by the yeah. way, the only reason why I went was with one of your uh, staff guys. There you go. Oh, I know that guy, yeah. Lee Taylor. Lee Shout Taylor. out. That's kind of why. I, that's why I went. My wife has not seen it, and because you know, when you have preschoolers. Yeah. It's small. really hard to. Yeah, man. Beautiful. To awesome. That. But you got to go now, though, Jody. That we cool. provide you. Thanks. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks. Uh, we'll make sure we put links to all that in the show notes, so you'll want to head over to thelongerhall.com/slash/episode zero. Five two to grab all those. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, even with Chris here, um, be sure to uh, <laughs> even fun. with Chris here. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show so you get the episodes as they come out each week. As well as uh, man, we'd love an honest review. Just uh, it helps us know what's working, what's not. Super encouraging for us. But be sure to subscribe to that. You can do that at thelongerhall.com/slash/itunes. And I think that'll do it for today. So uh, we will we'll leave it at that. Obviously, a big discussion that we could talk forever about. But, man, we appreciate fun. you coming on. Um, and so be sure to check out mine and all that stuff. And until next time, well, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.